Hey gang, welcome back to Vox Tablet. It's me, your host, Sarah Ivory. Today, taking the temperature of Israeli hip-hop. There's lots of ways to assess whether or not you belong in the place where you live. Some people think about the climate, other people consider politics or the general vibe. But for one man, it's all about the music. Here's Tablet's very own Leah Leibowitz. If, like me, you grew up in Israel in the 80s, this is what your childhood sounded like. Shlomo Arzi was by far the country's most popular singer. He sang sad songs with deep, meaningful words about love and death and fate and the Holocaust. He was conventionally handsome, and like virtually all Israeli entertainers at the time, he got his start as a soldier, singing in a military band. He wasn't just in the mainstream, he was the mainstream, and all the other singers were too. The country was just so small, there was nothing but the mainstream going on. Which was fine, as long as you were in the mainstream too. And I was, at least until I turned 13, which is when my father was arrested for robbing banks and sent to jail, where for the next decade or so, I visited him every other week. Suddenly, the soundtrack in my head sounded less like this and more like this. And so it was that I became a huge fan of hip-hop, listening to artists like N.W.A. and the Wu-Tang Clan. I loved their beats, their energy, and their rhymes, but most of all, I loved the way they used their music to rise above their hard-knock reality. My own reality at the time was pretty hard-knock, and these guys made much more sense to me than Altsy and all the other tanned and muscular musicians that all my friends admired. But there was a problem. The new bands I liked came straight out of Compton or Staten Island, I came from Herzliya, and I wanted to listen to music in my own language. But save for a few novelty acts, such as a comedian pretending to be a rapping Arab waiter, which is as awful as it sounds, no one out there was rapping in Hebrew. And very few people were listening to my kind of music. And this was high school, where the bands you liked defined so much of who you were. It was a very lonely period. And then one day, I went to a battle of the bands in the Tel Aviv club and heard this. The band's name was Shabak Samech. There were seven of them, all like me still in high school. Their lyrics were dripping with profanities and puns, and their music sounded just like the Beastie Boys. I went wild and went home that night feeling elated. Shabak Samech didn't just give me a few cool tunes to rock out to. They gave me a feeling of belonging and assurance that there were other misfits like me out there who marched to the beat of a different drum machine. Many misfits, apparently. Within a few months, Shabak became a huge act, with their music played on the radio and on TV, and their live shows selling out the biggest arenas. My friends still had no idea what I was talking about when I quoted Biggie or Tupac, but we could at least share in our love of Shabak Samich. Meanwhile, outside, in the real world, the government had just signed the Oslo Accords with the Palestinians, and we all believed that soon there would be peace and life in Israel would be normal 
and hip-hop would be the soundtrack of our lives, just like it was for so many young people around the world. The peace process, I'm not breaking any news here, never worked out. When it failed and violence broke out, many Israelis became more right-wing. And Israeli hip-hop did too. Shabak disbanded. There was no longer a place for their brand of fun party music. The hottest rapper was a young guy from Tel Aviv, Kobe Shimoni, who went by the name Subliminal. He wore a Star of David bling around his neck, and he rapped about terrorism and the army and Israel's enemies, his politics closely aligned with that of the hawkish Likud party. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. It wasn't just that I disagreed with Subliminal's politics. Here was a rapper who considered himself part of the establishment and sang in support of the army and the police. It was exactly the opposite of everything every rapper I ever loved ever did. I couldn't listen to him, but most of my friends wanted to listen to little else. Once again, I was on the outside, at odds with everyone. Eventually, I moved to New York. It was a difficult decision, prompted by many factors. But one thing was clear. Here, no one would raise an eyebrow when I told them I was really into KRS-One. I went to shows, bought CDs, and took comfort in a community of like-minded fans who shared in my obsessions. From time to time, I listened to the new music coming out of Israel. For the most part, it was super depressing. Most Israelis, it turned out, had as much trouble as I did buying into right-wing rap, and Israeli hip-hop pretty much faded away. I began to lose faith in the possibility of Israeli music ever sounding like anything I might love, which really is another way of saying that I began to lose faith in my own connection to my homeland. And this would be the end of the story. But then, I heard this. His name is Nechi Nech, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say he's just as good as anyone rapping anywhere in New York or Los Angeles or Atlanta right now. Like me, He grew up on the periphery of Israeli society. Like me, he found comfort in hip-hop. By the time he arrived in the scene three or four years ago, Hebrew hip-hop had fallen out of fashion, but Nechi didn't care. Like all great artists, he just did his thing. And he's not alone. There's Lukacs, Peled, Koenet Mushon, and a handful of other rappers who have now formed a tight community, making the music they love. With the Iranian threats still looming, the political system in shambles, and an election nobody wants just around the corner, the situation in Israel is kind of depressing. Arguably, it's more depressing than it's been in a very long time. Which is maybe why now is precisely the right time for Israeli hip-hop to be reborn. Look, I still have plenty of issues with the place I came from. But at least now, when I start to worry about Israel, I could put on my headphones Listen to Lukács and Nechi Nech, these incredibly talented guys who literally speak my language, and that gives me hope. Leah Leibowitz is a senior writer at Tablet Magazine. 
He's written a more in-depth and less personal piece about Israeli hip-hop on our website, tabletmag.com. It comes with YouTube videos, which are highly entertaining. I encourage you to check it out. And also, this is very important, listen, Tablet Magazine is conducting a reader survey. It's on our website. It includes questions about Vox Tablet and about other elements on the website. We want your input on what we produce. So go to our site, tabletmag.com, fill out the survey, have a say about the future of this website. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sarah Avery. Thanks for joining us today. Please join us again next time and every week.